Welcome back to the Snack Walls Podcast. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you keep them. I'm going to throw it over to our special guest today in a few words. Can you tell us who you are and what is it that you do? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Roker-Jones, co-CEO of Esteem. We organize social impact-driven hackathons as a way for employers to recruit, hire, and retain women and people of color in tech. I like that. Hackathons are so much fun. They are. I'm hearing from some thought leaders in tech that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts? Um, I think that a lot of leaders talk about that and they say it's a pipeline problem, it's a sourcing problem. I really think it's um, a network problem as far as with tech recruiters. If your network is not wide and diverse, you're pretty much going to just reach out to the people you know. And if everyone you know thinks like you, looks like you, went to the same school as you, you're not going to have diversity. So it's really more about expanding your network and reaching out to people and and getting to know others um, in different uh, diversity categories. Right. And one of the ways could be to do an awesome hackathon. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's one way. Um, and, and networking, LinkedIn, make sure you're you're doing the right thing on LinkedIn and, and connecting with uh, HBCUs. Are you connecting with organizations that have diversity, um, schools, you know, boot camps? What are you doing to really do that outreach? Are you putting in the effort and the work? So that being said, do you, what do you think about the push to remove the requirement for CS degrees for some of these software engineering roles? I think it's a great move because... What happens is you can't tell, you know, so much about someone just based on their education or their resume. And that's why I love doing the hackathons, because then employers get, you know, a real look at what a person can bring to their team. And sometimes these people are just not great at interviewing or maybe they did, you know, get Maybe you got a quality education at a top school, but doesn't mean that you're a great coder, doesn't mean that you're a great full stack developer, but then you have someone who went to a boot camp and has really put the time and effort and is taking their past experience, maybe they were a marketer, and bringing that to um, your team or organization. So I, I think it's a great move and it's going to help with diversity too. Absolutely. And I like the fact that it's more about showing people and giving them a chance to interact with you, see what you're capable of doing under some time constraints, you know, two days or you know, 48 hours, whatever it is. Yeah. And then they really can see under, you know, a good constraint, what does the person come up with? And, yeah. you know, I think that's the best test, better than piece of paper. I, I agree. So exactly. What do you think about um, apprenticeship patterns? Do you think that would work for tech roles? I think they would. It gives you an idea of what a person can bring and it gives them the opportunity to have some type of experience to put on their resume. And people are looking for those kind of apprenticeships because it helps them to just develop their skills in a, you know, in a way that's not as, um, I guess, strenuous as having a job and and really having to show up. So now you get to learn, you learn other, you know, teamwork, and you really get to see if this is the right fit for you. Like if you're working as an apprentice with a company, you get to see, does this culture fit my values? Does this fit what I'm looking for? Do I feel like I belong here? So yeah, I love that idea. Absolutely. And I think you might have thought I said internship, but I get I <laughs> no. get the gist. Yeah. Like an internship and an apprenticeship. So apprenticeship is a much longer engagement. Like yeah. that's 
you're bringing somebody on, they're getting paid, and you hopefully at the end, they're going to basically transition onto the team as a full-fledged engineer, right? Mentorship, all those kinds of things. But I agree, the internship pattern that you just described where a company gets a chance to take a taste Mm -hmm. and provide some additional work experience and provide an opportunity to kind of get a quick glimpse at their skill set, super valuable. So the companies that are already doing internships, I applaud them. I think that's awesome, phenomenal job. But when we talk about like the apprenticeship pattern, I think that really is the, the, the next step. The question is like, do you really align your hiring practices and provide an onboarding sort of ramp for, for people that, you know, otherwise would not necessarily even get into your internship, right? So I see a lot of companies exactly. that set up programs and they run them kind of like their summer internship. And I don't think that's a success pattern for finding diverse candidates. I think exactly. it's very non-inclusive way to do that. So, and you're right. Sorry, sorry. Add to that. Uh, Just that we used to do um, my previous. uh, We used to do apprenticeships for veterans as a way for them to get into tech and the diversity. And you're absolutely right. It does give them this opportunity to kind of onboard and ramp up. And companies don't always extend that offer or make that apprenticeship something that the person gets value out of because it's just, you know, now you're an employee, but you haven't really gotten the mentorship, you know, all the other extras that you really need to succeed in your job. So thanks for clarifying that for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's important because the pattern is so Um, obvious and clear, like in terms of internship in the tech space, that as soon as I say the word apprenticeship, people just immediately assume, oh, you said internship. And it's like, no, 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 no. I think there is some value in distinguishing between the two and Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, one is a much longer, this is an experience that's kind of like a specialized training path to get people into organization. The other is sort of a summer thing, right? Is like, this is exposing people but the outcomes are going to be totally different. And so if people approach apprenticeships thinking we can just apply the same thing we did with internships, I think they're not going to hit the mark in terms of what we're talking about, which is like diversifying the workforce and actually leading to um, retaining that talent. So that's mm-hmm. that's the next question I have for you. What advice would you share with companies that are looking to retain diverse staff? So let's say you get them in, you've done an intern, you've done something to get them into the organization. How do you keep them? Well, I think one of the things, what, the other thing that we offer is also um, emotional intelligence DEI training for teams so that we help both the person being onboarded and the team kind of create an inclusive environment. I think a lot of people, employers start with diversity and then they do the checkbox for inclusion, like now you're here, but they miss out on the belonging. If you're not doing everything to make that um, diverse talent feel like they are belong there, if you're not asking them questions about who they are, if you're not allowing them to really bring their full selves there, then you're not doing them justice. And it's not a, a place of belonging. All you're doing is doing diversity and inclusion. And now you've just, you feel like you've done something, but the belonging is really what is the key because employers actually lose $16 um, billion a year because of diverse talent leaving the um, companies. So it's really important that employees focus on that retention. And if you're, if you don't have training programs, not just the anti-racism and bias training, and then we're done really, how are you building self-awareness of the team? How are you getting the team to bring that person in and help them to feel like what they bring that this matters, that it's valuable and that they're respected? 
these are the three things that are key to retention. And uh, a lot of employers miss that part of it. I agree. And if they apply those techniques in that pattern, I think they're going to be able to keep folks. They're not going to want to go somewhere else because they're going to feel like they fit. They're, they belong. They're part of that team. So Exactly. Who's someone like yourself that you'd like to acknowledge as a leader and might be a great guest on a podcast like this? Who, you know, I was thinking about that and I would say Leslie Ford, uh, she's someone who's helping actually moms because a lot of moms, particularly moms of color, this pandemic and this and working in positions in tech or other remote work is even more difficult at this time because they have remote learning or other things added on into the work that they're doing. This is where employers can really tap into how do we help our diverse talent who have other responsibilities, not necessarily just moms, but people who are caregivers, people who have responsibilities that take them away from work? How do you create that balance for them? So it's important that you understand this person's not just an employee, but they're human with other uh, responsibilities and other uh, challenges in their lives. Wow. So uh, she's now on my radar. And that, <laughs> that just made me think of my mom when I was growing up. So my mom, when I was growing up, she was a school teacher. So mm -hmm. I can only imagine what it would have been like to have my mom teaching virtual classes and making sure that I was doing what I was supposed to do because I was a terrible student. So I would have been running her ragged trying to keep me focused and trying to keep me like doing my lessons and all that good stuff. So I just, it just made me truly empathize for what parents are going through these days. Cause I, my kid is way better at school and way better than paying attention than I was. So I can just like sit him in front of his computer and just be like, all I gotta do is check in and make sure he's awake in the morning <laughs> And he's doing what he's supposed to do during that during the day, and it's much easier. But not all folks that are working have that capacity, and they may have children that need a little bit more of that, like guidance and attention. And like it's a stretch, right? You're trying to do your job, plus you're trying to be the principal of a school and the lunch person and the PE person, right? All because there's not a physical person in your household that can, you know do what they normally do, which is teach. So. <laughs> yeah. And again, imagine being a full stack developer or back end and yeah. you have, you're working on a project and having to stop. The distraction. Yeah. The constant <laughs> yeah. distraction. You're not going to get anything done. You're not going to have any focus. It's like, yo kid, do you see the headphones are on? That means I'm, I'm busy. So headphones on means I'm working. <laughs> they don't have any of that perception of what it's mm -hmm. like to be a software engineer. So, um, where can we find out more information about your company or what you're working on? Sure. So um, esteem.com. We also have equalathon.io. Our, our next equalathon is coming up October 24th, and it's on the future of work for women. And what does that look like? What does that look like for women in tech and uh, the future of work overall? And how do we bring more women of color into leadership roles in tech? So. That's exciting. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Very interesting. So we're going to put the links in the show notes so that everybody can uh, visit and, you know, dive into that content. Cause that seems like um, that's the direction we're heading in. The future of work is here and things are going to start changing really fast. So final question for you. This is a tough one. What have you been snacking on lately? What's your favorite snack? Oh man, my favorite Trader Joe's has these sweet plantains and they're really great. And I mean, I love all Trader Joe's snacks, but that's my thing. That's my go-to. All right. Well, that sounds pretty darn tasty. And 
Um, I'd love having you on the program today. Thank you so much, Marie. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snackwalls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The tech-enabled apprenticeship program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io. 